Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It is me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia. And today we're looking into the division round, the Saturday games for the NFL. One, we've got some fresh meat going against the establishment. And at number two, oh, we've got an uh, in-division rivalry that's very exciting. In fact, uh, obviously, there's so much to break down in these games. I'm very happy that Matthew Friedman is here to do it with me, as always. And our guest from FTN, he's also the host of Mean Streets, where I go on all the time. I like to hang out. He's over at the FTN Network, the one, the only Chris Meany. And Meany, this is kind of fun because this is almost like the ghosts of, uh, you know, Eagles coaches past, present, and future, right? You got Andy <laughs> Reid involved on Saturday. You got Doug yeah. Peterson involved on Saturday. And your current head coach, Sirianni. And I know you're an Eagles guy, so it's a lot of mixed feelings going on for you. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I was happy to see Doug Peterson and the Jags pull that out last week. And as you mentioned, I mean, he's been on the coaching staff with Andy Reid in, in years past with Kansas City. And he did a great job in Philadelphia with some inexperienced quarterbacks en route to a Super Bowl. I just like the story for Doug Peterson, man. Like, I did, I thought he got treated unfairly in Philly. You know, he went there. He won a Super Bowl. He was canned a couple of years after that, had the whole Carson Wentz saga. And one year removed from the NFL, he's back with the Jags last year, they were the worst team in football offensively, and he brings them to a division title and a nice comeback story. And uh, we'll see. He's he's got to have his hands full against his former guy in Andy Reid, but it's it's yeah. a nice story across the board. And we've been watering flowers in Philadelphia since Nick Sirianni said that, and um, the flowers are growing. The team is feeling themselves, so we'll see if they can take care of the Giants again. Uh, speaking of comebacks, too, a pretty decent comeback for the Jacksonville Jaguars last Saturday. That's for sure. Now, both of these teams that we're getting, these are the one seeds – hosting these games, Friedman, uh, both the Eagles and the Chiefs coming off that bye. How crucial is that, in your opinion, for both of these teams, the way they were entering the postseason? I mean, the bye, hugely significant, obviously, for uh, the Chiefs. I, I, significant for any team in general, uh, not just because you have the time off, but also as the number one seed, you are playing, you know, presumably the worst of the remaining playoff teams in the bracket. So, you know, really big. And, you know, there's obviously, you know, the known factor of, oh, Andy Reid coming off of a bye historically crushes. And that, that's that been overstated, but it is true that Andy Reid's teams do better than your average team coming off of the bye. That is a fact. Not like massively better, but enough to where it should be noted. Uh, so, yeah, it's a situation where Andy Reid, like everything is flowing his direction here. And the Chiefs, I've had them power rated as, if not the best team for the entirety of the season. A, a top two team and I still have them right there with the Buffalo Bills I do have them power rated as my number one team at Arrowhead they do have a significant home field advantage one of the best home field advantages in the league uh Doug Peterson uh you know in his time with the Eagles and you know with Jacksonville a little bit his team hasn't been all that great on the road like just a little bit worse than your typical team has been on the road so it's a negative situation for them but it is a coach going against Andy Reid and a team that he knows you know because of his his time there previously so I I think there is uh some mitigation there um I have this projected exactly a 10. And so I think, you know, nine and a half, if it happened to get to that number, the, you know, the market has moved around a little, uh, nine and a half, I could see betting it. I would, you know, obviously prefer it much more, uh, at nine. Uh, I got it at eight and a half a little bit earlier. That's where the market is now. If this moved past 10 and hit 10 and a half, like I, in the betting pros app, I would set an alert to say, okay, if this number happens to get past 10 and gets to 10 and a half, 
then I would consider betting the Jags. But with the market where it is currently, I see value on the Chiefs. Again, I, I think this number should be 10. Well, we're going to continue to break down these numbers and hopefully uh, for the Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, for their standpoint, it works out better for them being number one seeds because last year, both number one seeds, Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers were ousted in this round last year. Let's not forget, sometimes teams come out flat a little bit after that week off. We'll see if that's the case. Before we jump into the analysis of that first game on the afternoon Saturday slate, Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just a reminder, everybody watching this video, subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now, or if you're listening to the podcast form, go over to youtube.com slash bettingpros. Comment on this video because when you do, you can win a free upgrade to Betting Pros Premium. Now, whether you're looking for access to exclusive picks, top-rated player props, or just custom analysis of your betting performance, Betting Pros Premium has the tools to help you cash more bets. That's it. It's plain and simple. If you don't want to wait for the giveaway, just sign up today at bettingpros.com slash upgrade and start uh, betting smarter, not harder, because that's what we like to do here. Always working smarter. That's what Matthew Friedman keeps telling me to do. Stop working so hard, Joe. (laughs) Actually, no. He says, work harder and work smarter. You're lagging behind. All right, let's get to the AFC wildcard game in the afternoon. Uh, Chiefs arrested healthy. We'll see how... uh, they perform their defense has not created a lot of turnovers. That's one thing that you could certainly say about this chiefs unit uh, in the 2022 season. Uh, and they did face off in November. These teams, the chiefs uh, being the Jaguars, 27 to 17 uh, Jacksonville's defense certainly struggled in that game. Gave up 330 yards, to Patrick Mahomes, four touchdowns and a pick the Jags offense can't really afford to get off to the same kind of start that they did in the last playoff game. I believe that's very safe to say. However, I will say the Jags defense certainly looking better uh, in the last six weeks or so in the close of the season. So, Mini, let's talk about this number. Eight and a half, that has stayed. So far, the over-under has moved from 51 and a half to 53. So a little bit of movement there. Uh, also on the money line from plus 340 on the Jag side to plus 345. So anything right off the bat here, either the movement on the over-under or this number yourself that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I think the movement on the total, I jumped on the over right away immediately. Um, I, I think Jacksonville can can do their part and score some points. I mean, we've seen their offense in the second half, a tale of two halves, of course, maybe some nerves there for Trevor Lawrence. And I didn't really like the way that Doug Peterson called that game last week. I thought there should have been more runs. It seemed like every time they give us a Travis Etienne, they got five yards. And they that's what teams have done all year. They run all over the Chargers, put them in a tough spot. They were all over the intermediate throws in the in the middle of the field and, and they picked off Trevor Lawrence. But you saw what he was able to do in the second half of that game. I mean, over the last five games, this is a team that's averaging 29 points per game. And if there's one weakness on this Chiefs team, it is their defense. I mean, Matt just gave all the numbers offensively. I mean, their total DVOA, number one, number one in pass, EPA per play, number one, EPA per dropback, number one, averaging 29 points per game in the season, number one in the NFL. You talked about Andy Reid and bye weeks. I mean, they came out hot last year in the playoffs, 42 points in their first game, 42 points in their second game. I would imagine they're getting to 30 in this game, just similar to the last game where maybe Mahomes throws three or four touchdowns. This is a team that can't stop the tight end, the fourth most yards allowed to the tight end position. Travis Kelsey is going to be a big part of this game, obviously not breaking any news, but I still like the total at 53 and a half. As, mm. I, as I said, we could see some sort of backdoor cover. I also agree with Freeman on his number. If you see some nines, I'm seeing right now using the prop shop at FTN, I'm seeing one nine plus nine over at points bet. I could get behind that. I feel like there is potential of a backdoor cover, but it's hard to just where the stop's going to come from, right? Jacksonville can score top 10 total DVOA according to football outsiders number six in past DVOA I mentioned the the run that they've been on recently 
got a nice running back as well to maybe slow the pace down in this game if they lean on him a little bit more. But defensively, they're just they're one of the worst defensive teams here remaining in, in the NFL. 20th against the pass. So I I think maybe a backdoor covers in play. I think we'll see a lot of points, but it's really hard not to to back Mahomes in, in this offense. I saw somebody make a comment uh, just this morning on Twitter that said, you know, we got pretty much all the outcomes of the games we thought, but they were more <laughs> interesting for the most part than we thought they would be. I thought that was very yeah. well put. So I'm stealing that. I'm going to pretend like I said it. And I want to talk about that very same instance. It feels like a foregone conclusion. The Chiefs are the establishment. They are this team that we know Patrick Mahomes in this MVP conversation. Trevor Lawrence going off an incredible emotional comeback win part of this new guard, part of, you know, this quarterback crop too that we think is going to be in this elite quarterback tier for many years to come along with Patrick Mahomes. But it just feels like the beginning where we feel like we're kind of in the prime for Patrick Mahomes here. That being said, you look at this number here in the eight and a half. Do you think maybe that's too small, Friedman, when you're looking at this, that, you know, that they, they just don't stack up with the experience level of the Chiefs, with the experience level to Andy Reid coming off the bye. We know how good that always is with extra time to prepare. Uh, and then on top of which, where these two teams are at, one starting to uptick and the other at the top, head of the class, basically. Yeah, I mean, I would, again, I have this projected right around 10. I would expect the Chiefs to win, but like nothing would surprise me in this instance. And part of it is, yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has just been so good compared to what we saw last year and I think like you can see that like this is not where he plateaus like there is a trajectory of him continuing to move into the elite tier for the quarterbacks in the league similar I would say to what we saw out of Joe Burrow last year and so it it would not surprise me just as we saw Kansas City struggle against the Bengals last year in the playoffs it would not surprise me if somehow Jacksonville actually does like squeak out a win like I'm not betting on it I'm not projecting it but like I can imagine how it happens like they do have a quarterback who in a year could be considered one of the top three quarterbacks in the league like that is within the range of outcomes and at some point he takes that step forward why not in the playoffs and one thing even if Jacksonville doesn't win this game uh, I can I can see the backdoor cover as again I said I have projected at 10 but there's something with the projections with Kansas City where all year Kansas City like Meany mentioned it like number one across the board in a ton of offensive metrics they have Patrick Mahomes number one in a lot of the passing metrics that you would look at and yet like when you correlate those types of efficiency numbers with how teams tend to perform against the spread the Chiefs are underperforming expectations. Like they are consistently not covering the spread, especially when it is a large spread this year. And so that's not to say that the Chiefs like aren't that team. They could cover these spreads if they played for a full 60 minutes, if they played with that urgency. I just don't know if we actually see them do that. So again, I have it you know, projected right around 10, but I can see how the Chiefs underwhelm expectations once again. Yeah, well, we talked about it just, I think, the last couple of weeks, too, getting into the playoffs, the Bills and Chiefs having trouble putting teams away. And when you know it, we saw mm. the Bills struggle again, putting away the Miami Dolphins, a team by all accounts they should have put away early and often. They did not do that. And that game got way too close for way too long, right to the last minute or so. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, seven and a half point uh, margin of victory this season. That is their average margin of victory. 
Uh, when you're looking at that meanie and you're looking at this number of the eight and a half, do you see we're recording this here on uh, what day is it today? Tuesday, trying to get my day straight here. Do you see this number changing at all as the week goes on? Is the early value to lock it in? We already saw the over-under move up. Do you see this uh, number of eight and a half moving as well, potentially? I, I don't really. Uh, I don't think it'll get to 10, 10 and a half. I, I think people would bet the other way if it, if it was to get there. And and I mean, if you want to wait it out, by all means, um, you, you potentially could. But if it got to nine and a half, 10, I would jump all over it. Like I said, this nine, I kind of feel pretty comfortable laying it. I know it's a little uneasy, but what we've seen so far in the NFL this year is and not, not, these teams aren't really covering these spreads. And even when Friedman alluded to it, you know, maybe they've been a little bit underwhelming. And, and even though they've been fantastic overall, we just expect so much more. And the numbers expect so much more as well when you look at them from an analytical standpoint. But I really do believe that the Jags can do their part offensively and, and kind of keep up. If there's one or two turnovers, I know a couple of years ago we saw this Chiefs team really start slow when they won the Super Bowl that year. Weren't they trailing from behind in every single game? Um, and they came back in the second half. So that that's possible as well, even though we're talking about Andy Reid and you know how explosive they were last year and, and, and things like that. I still feel like this Jags offense is pretty good. Like mm-hmm. they, again, they're a top 10 offense. They got some weapons. Like there's so numerous many amounts of weapons. To win. That's, there really is. You know, the emergence yeah. of Evan Ingram this year, you had Zay Jones kind of come out of nowhere. I don't think anybody, anybody in the no. fantasy community thought of that. <laughs> that Zay Jones Christian is Kirk is an elite play. wide receiver in my opinion as yeah. well. And they got a good running he got back. Paid like it. They were telling us that they were, they knew something we didn't and we should have listened, yeah. I guess a little bit harder, but, uh, and this is why the, the betting pros app is so important to make sure you have that on your phone. So, you know, when these lines change, you can go ahead and make your wagers accordingly. Let's go to the next game here. This is the nightcap here. The Giants and the Eagles. Now, the Eagles swept the series with the Giants this year and blew them out by 26 points in December. And then uh, the Davis-Webb uh, rematch there. So this is a totally different set of circumstances. I, I feel like this Giants team that's coming into Philadelphia is a very different Giants team than I think the Eagles are used to seeing Daniel Jones, first player in NFL history to record a 300 plus passing yard game with two passing touchdowns and 70 plus rushing yards in the same start. Not too shabby for Daniel Jones. Now it was against the Vikings defense, different defense here with the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles are the only team in the NFL to have a top three offense and a top three defense. So this is a team that gets it done on both sides of the ball. Uh, Friedman, let's talk about this game here. We have the number at seven currently here. Uh, and as we look ahead, 48 and a half, oh, excuse me, 48 is the over under plus 265 for the Giants. Now, the Giants certainly have a lot of momentum. The Giants feel like a team where, look, they are coming in here sort of playing a little bit with house money. Brian Dable's done a fantastic job here with this squad, getting them prepared. Uh, you see on bettingpros.com, some places the consensus has already moved to seven and a half. So, Freeman, what is your early take on this game on Tuesday, where it's going and where you see the value now? Yeah, so this line opened at seven, moved to seven and a half, bumped down to seven, and is now at seven and a half. I think it's going to straddle those two numbers for the entirety of the week, just bouncing back and forth between them. And, you know, 7.25 is, you know, the, the market where this is, you know, basically going to be. And so I I do like, oh man, it just, it feels disgusting to like the Giants because I don't think they have that talented of a roster. Uh, and, you know, I just I have to acknowledge that they are outperforming uh, expectations, definitely expectations of where I thought they would be at the beginning of the season. But even my current expectations, they they are playing well. Um, but man, it, it feels chalky to go with the Eagles. But I, I do have to go with the Eagles in this spot. 
at seven. I would not bet it at seven and a half, but I would bet it at seven. I have it projected at 8.25. And so, you know, whatever book you're using, I would say, you know, set alerts in the betting pros app when it's bouncing around and the number hits seven, I think there's value there. There are a number of factors that I think disadvantage the Giants in this spot. Uh, and so they they do play well in division. Uh, Daniel Jones, for whatever reason, you know, since the beginning of his career, he actually has played pretty well in division and he has historically played pretty well on the road. He's done fairly well as an underdog. So in terms of like a trends perspective, he is in like the, the sweet spot for where you would historically want to back him. But the Giants are playing with only six days of rest uh, versus like the seven and, you know, like going against a team that's on the bye, the Eagles playing on Saturday instead of Sunday. So it's not the full 14 days for them. It's only 13 days, but you know, going from 14 to 13, that doesn't really matter going from seven to six that matters. And <laughs> it's, it's not as if this is just a one-time thing for the giants out of their past six games, five of them have been on the road. Like this is like, they are like road yeah, weary. At this point, like they're road warriors, but like it, it has to wear on them at some point. And so I like, I think that is a significant downgrade in terms of how you would project them. um, Just kind of based on like looking at historical numbers for how teams on the road for that extent of time have done. And I think that makes a difference in terms of where I'm projecting this game versus where the market is right now. The fact that they have only six days to recover and they have just been rugged on the road out. This will be their fifth game on the road out of their past six. That is just unfathomable. That is the type of thing that NFL schedule makers during the regular season would never do to a team, right, but because course. it's the playoffs, they, they have that run of bad luck. It is definitely a run of bad luck, potentially. Uh, I had a run of good luck because I had the Giants on the money line. So it was a good time for me this weekend. And I am tempted to let it ride again. It's plus 290 Ooh. on there. Now, Meany, we've seen a little bit of the uh, familiarity breeding contempt here because we had the Dolphins and the Bills. That was a little bit closer than we thought. You did have a while there in that Ravens-Bengals game, too, where it was a little tight. Uh, that is something I think you can't take out of the equation here which is looking at this number for me, what I keep coming back to, whether you see it at seven or seven and a half, I keep coming back to, this is a very familiar side here for these two teams. They know what they're doing. Plus the giants, again, that team that has nothing to lose is super dangerous. I think we'd all agree that the Eagles are a better football team. They've had a better season, but that doesn't matter. All that matters is the team that plays the best, not the best team wins. So Meany, with all that under account and the Giants playing continuously with his house money, continuing to be the road warriors, us against the world, how safe is that seven and a half? And do you see any other value on the Giants potentially to even upset the Eagles here? Yeah, I do, actually. I feel like the Giants could come in and make some noise. Uh, and I think like what you said, <laughs> I know, right? I knew you guys were going to say that. It's like uh, I'm a pessimistic fan or I'm optimistic and go either way. But yeah, I just I feel like I've said it all year, actually, with the Eagles. Like they're good. They're playing well. But are they really that good of a team? And I do believe they are a better team than the Giants. And I think we can all agree on that. Uh, both sides of the football, they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage, which is key to, to winning most football games. The secondary has been elite this season and Daniel Jones and, and Dayball like they played against a Vikings team 
and they changed up their game plan. I mean, if you look at Daniel Jones overall, this is a guy that kind of lives in the mid-20s in terms of passing attempts. In 13 of his 16 games, it was 220 passing yards or fewer, 300 yards in three games, two of them against the Vikings. Like, they didn't use Saquon really at all. They used him, of course, but not like 32-plus carries on the ground. They just picked apart that secondary. I think it's going to be a different game plan. I think this game is going to be a lot slower. And I think we can take what you said, Joe, from some of the divisional matchups. The Ravens and the Bengals in the third matchup played really tight. That third matchup against Miami and Buffalo, whatever, you, whatever. Like coaching things from Mike McDaniel, some mistakes, you know, seventh round rookie quarterback and Skyler making some mistakes and Josh Allen turning the ball over a couple of times. It's just that third matchup. And even when these two teams played in week 18 and it was Jalen Hurts' first game back, I actually jumped on the points at plus 16, even though the Giants weren't playing anybody because I was nervous of where this Philly team was at. Mm-hmm. Missing some players on both sides. It sounds like Lane Johnson's going to play, which is a huge deal because he's allowed nine pressures all year. And Jack Driscoll, who filled in for Lane Johnson in two games, allowed six pressures. 28 games in a row from Lane Johnson without even allowing a sack. Like he is a big part of this offensive line. And when these two teams played in week 14, when everybody was healthy, I think maybe the Giants were missing a couple people in the secondary. But from the Philly standpoint, everybody was healthy. They had a season high 48 points. Six touchdowns, 254 rushing yards, and 437 total. I think it's going to be run, run, run on both sides. I don't think Jalen Hurts is 100%. That Week 18 game was kind of like a feel-out process, but there were no design runs. He was getting the ball away as quick as he could. He wasn't taking any hits. If you take Mm -hmm. away his rushing ability, this team could struggle offensively to move the football. Uh, that's that's my one concern, but I feel like they will lean on the run. I feel the same sort of deal. Teams that have beaten the Eagles, Washington comes to mind, went into the link, ran the ball, ran the ball, slowed the pace down, got into manageable third down situations and moved the ball that way and killed a lot of clock. So I do feel like this will be a slower pace. I'm a little hesitant on the total. I agree with Freeman. I don't. I think it'll just kind of seven and a half, maybe a six and a half and seven. I jumped on the Giants plus seven and a half. I feel like this will be a tight game. And Brian Dable is going to learn a thing or two from those two matchups. I mean, he's a sure. really great play caller, so I think he can take a little bit away from from those two spots. But ultimately, I feel like Hertz isn't 100%. They can let on all they want that he's perfectly fine. But they were even in that game, Joe, they were, like this average depth of target was completely lower than it was all year. He wasn't taking a lot of shots. Maybe they were just trying to get through the motions and get that win and, and clinch that division. But I don't think he's 100%, and I think that could be a big factor in the Giants covering. Friedman, to Meany's point there about potentially, you know, bringing that run game, using Saquon and that, you know, slowing down the pace. Does that put that 48, you know, the over on that 48 really in trouble potentially? Yeah, maybe. I'm not really that high on that uh, that total to begin with. All, all four totals this week, I have projected pretty close to where they are. Uh, so this is 48. I have it at 47.3. You know, I, I lean a little more towards the under, but I doubt I'm going to be betting it. Uh, it is a, it's a weird situation where last week, that was the first real week where if you were on the over, you did very well. That that's the first time yeah. this year, and you know maybe it's just a weird a weird fluke, something with the playoffs. Maybe uh, referees holding on to the whistle a little bit more. Whatever it is, you know. So I kind of don't want to be betting all that much on the totals when I feel like there's a little bit of uncertainty with the the scoring environment. So I will probably be staying away from that. And and to Mini's point about liking the Giants in this spot. 
historically, uh, it's a little bit different because, you know, we had week 18 and now only one team coming off of the bye. But historically in the divisional round, when you've had two teams coming off of the bye, they're rested, they're at home, they're, you know, the quote unquote better team, a higher seeded team. So they should be favored anyway. Historically, with all of those things pointing towards the favorite, the underdogs have done very well. And so it is a situation we have this Saturday, number one seed, big favorite, at home, very rested. Like I, I feel a little bit dirty being on both favorites in this spot because it's like I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm going sure. against the teeth of history here. And and that was kind of my point for the weekend games, which is why I, I said the Giants are the money line on the Saturday uh, Sunday afternoon because to me that was the clear like look you have to find somebody who's going to go win on the road one of these games. It probably wasn't going to be the Dolphins. That was a tough sell. You know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously. You know, gosh, that's a whole other set of circumstances there. Oh my goodness, but you know. Uh, but you're 100% right. All four of the uh, favorites typically do not win. <laughs> we see this, you know, not very often where we get the two one seeds in the Super Bowl. Let's just put it that way. It typically does not happen. They don't all get there. Uh, so a lot to uh, digest here, a lot to think about, and a lot of bets to play. So make sure you do using Betting Pros app. It is out there. It's available for you. And don't forget. Make sure you throw a comment on the video on the YouTube channel if you're watching there or just run over there and do it yourself there. And that way at bettingpros.com slash upgrade, you can get your upgrade, but you also get uh, registered to get a free upgrade as well. That's smarter, not harder. That's the idea. That's what we're trying to do here. So I want to thank our guests here on the show. Matthew Friedman, contractually obligated, but Chris Meany, <laughs> who came on your own volition. So follow him on the Twitter machine at Chris Meany and check him out on Mean Streets over at FTN. Always great talking to you, my friend. Great to see you. That'll do it for us. The story of the game goes on. For Matt and Chris, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. <laughs>